Hey guys, it's me, Ben, coming to you on behalf of the Unschooled and Ordinary team. We've been talking about the power of our stories, so we wanted to share some bonus episodes about stories of faith and healing. These stories are life-changing, and they all shine a light on God's faithfulness to us, even in our darkest season. We hope today's conversation is an encouragement to you. Well, hello, everyone. This is Brandy, and I have the great honor of sitting across from Miss Nikki Parker today. I'm so excited for y'all to get to know her the way that I have just a little bit gotten to know her. You are going to love hearing her story. Um, It's a tough story. We're not going to lie and say that it's easy. This is vulnerable because she hasn't really uh, had the opportunity to share this with a lot of people before. So we are grateful that this is the way that you are choosing to share. Um, But before we go too much deeper, I'd love for everyone to just get a quick intro. Who are you? (laughs) What do you do? What brought you to venture? All the good stuff. Tell us about Nikki. Well, I'm I'm extremely grateful and humbled to have this opportunity and for God to have open this door and this window for me to share um, what is a journey that has purpose. Um, We have been partners uh, at Venture for over 20 years, back before it was Venture. Yeah, so you all Um, had the downtown experience. We did. Both of my sons were dedicated downtown. Mm, So sweet. And um, so have loved this church for a really long time, have served in... (laughs) Many, many areas, mostly mm-hmm. the kiddos, yeah. uh, taught a lot of KXP when my boys were coming through. Mm-hmm. Currently serve in the preschool department. Nice. Um, have gotten a brand new opportunity to help with some of the daily devotionals. Mm-hmm. Um, and God is just uh, opening all kinds of paths to serve. Um, yeah. I have two sons, a mm-hmm. 19-year-old uh, son who attends William Carey, a 16-year-old who's a junior in high school, um, a teacher for over 18 years um, yeah. in public school setting, and currently uh, just out of the classroom and, and teaching in other, in other ways. Yeah. Well, uh, I think an easy start to the day is we're going to talk about grief. We're going to talk about the loss of her husband, Jeff. But before we get to that part, I would love if you would just tell me who was Jeff? How did you meet? Uh, how did you know he was the one you wanted to marry? <laughs> All that good stuff. Um, we met shortly after college mm-hmm. through friends, through a group of friends. Um, and he was this special combination of this ridiculous bravery <laughs> because he rode bulls. Okay. And never had I ever even attended a rodeo. Interesting. <laughs> uh, so it was a little out of your norm. It was a little exciting. I have to admit, a little yeah. exciting. Um, and this combination of that ridiculous bravery and this gentle kindness. Mm. And it just drew me in. Yeah. It just drew me in. So y'all got married at what age? Um, 20, we both were early 26, 26. I believe. So in 1998. Okay. Long time ago. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you don't have to go into a lot of detail, mm-hmm. but give us just the, the short story about the day that you lost Jeff. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little about that. Um, 
2015, mm. the very last day of school. So I was teaching the boys. We had all finished up. And our youngest, Luke, had a baseball game mm. that we were going to attend. And Jeff was one of the coaches. Um, hadn't heard from him uh, all afternoon to prepare if we were going to meet or, you know, how we were all going to get there. And got a call from one of his employees mm. that we needed to head to the hospital. And that's as vague as it was mm. that we needed to head to the hospital. So you had no idea what you were really walking into that day? <clears throat> In my head, no. Mm. In my gut, yeah. Yeah. Um, so two little fellas trying to help them tie their shoes, mm. buckle them in their seats, and drive 30-plus minutes from our farm into Hattiesburg, Merritt-Wesley. And uh, like I said, in my gut, I knew worst-case scenario was mm. just, it was just felt like it. I, it just felt different than, oh, maybe this happened. It mm. just was there. And I didn't... I just kept pressing it down and tried not to let it travel mm. to my heart and my head and my voice in an effort to be calm and protect. How um, old were the boys at this point? Eli had just turned 11 mm. and Luke was seven. And um, so, con- you know, not little bitty, yeah. conscious that something so very um, out of the norm was happening. Mm. In an effort to protect them, so we just prayed. We prayed out loud together Mm. that God would hold Dad, protect him, take care of him. The doctors would be able to help him. And as their prayers kind of trailed off, mine didn't and just Mm. was in a whisper until we got there. And um, he he had died before he made it to the hospital. Mm. And it was an accident at work, which... um, even the conclusion of that is still up in, you know, is, was an undetermined mm-hmm. cause of death. Yeah. And so a lot of questions, mm-hmm. but um, ultimately um, we, we had to just accept yeah. that maybe we wouldn't know everything. Mm. That is my least favorite thing about anything in life. Mm-hmm. I want to know all the details and mm-hmm. have answers and right. gosh, so... Tell me, we talked a lot about the day of and Mm -hmm. just the surreal feelings of I'm still a mom Mm. and I'm trying to figure out how to keep my boys in a good place, but this is the worst day of my life. Right. What, when you think back on that day, what, what was that like? Um, I had never felt anything like it prior, and I've never felt anything like it since. Um, it was surreal in the way that I, I don't think I was real connected to my body. Mm. <laughs> um, and it's, it's an odd way to explain it or describe it, but I felt instantaneously when we left the hospital uh, without Jeff mm. um, my, that my eyes had physically changed in wow. in my head. Nothing I was looking at looked the same. Mm. The road home didn't look the same. The house didn't look the same. Mm. A plate of food was different. The way I put on my clothes was different. And it was this intense adjustment 
to the terrifying new reality that we were without him and that we were three and not four. Um, That's my best description of physically physically how it felt for a while, Hmm. for a while. I don't think I've ever heard anyone put the picture together of your eyes Mm -hmm. physically feeling different, but Mm -hmm. I can imagine that that's how it feels. Your entire world Mm -hmm. in an instant is different. Mm. So tell me about, that's the day of, how do you even begin to move? How do you get out of bed the next day? What does the initial first couple of weeks, what does grief look like in those days? Um, there are a few sides to it. Mm. And I, looking back, I was very compartmentalized about it. Um, I'm a doer yeah. and a planner. <laughs> and <laughs> unfortunately, there was so much that had to be done. Yeah. There was so much that had to be done just in the, the planning of services and reaching out to, you know, people that were family members but not close. Um, so I did. I just, I did. And I mm-hmm. worked and I did. Um, and then when I had to stop, I'd go in the closet mm-hmm. and absolutely fall apart. Yeah. And... Then I would try to find some balance to be in front of my boys. I wanted them to know uh, what I was going through. I didn't want to hide everything Um, because I wanted them to have the freedom to feel what they felt. And um, I wanted to give them as much, you know, freedom to be angry or be sad or ask questions. But in the state of complete meltdown, I, I wasn't able to function, you know, in that mm-hmm. in the way that they needed me, and so I'd have to compartmentalize compartmentalize that. Yeah. Um, so getting things done, completely breaking down, finding some balance, and taking care of the boys. Mm. Um, raw, so incredibly raw, and I'm so grateful for everyone that came. Yeah. alongside of us and took care of what they could take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, they were God, God's hands and feet. Oh, they were God's hands and feet yeah. in spades. And um, and I felt completely um, cocooned mm. by God through people and through his presence. Um, but it didn't negate the rawness um, of all of that. Yeah. Well, tell me about your faith during this time. I know you're saying that you felt cocooned by God, but mm-hmm. I could see where it would be very easy to be very angry with God. Why me? Why us? I know mm-hmm. you told me previously y- y'all were 43 years old mm-hmm. and your boys are so young. And yeah. how did you navigate your faith during that time? I can't even begin <laughs> to imagine. Um, grief. What I've come to learn mm. is grief is really complex mm-hmm. and it is as unique as our fingerprints. Yeah. It truly is. Um, and I think, uh, to speak to what you're saying, I think grief was layered with mm. a lot of other emotions. There was deep sorrow, confusion, anger, 
abandonment. Mm. And it was like this huge storm was swirling around me. And at any moment, it could pick me up and hurl me yeah. miles from home. Yeah. It, was, it was just so, there was so much. But I think all of that actually was what drove me full force into the arms of Jesus. Mm. It just thrust me into his arms where I was laid wide open and said, I trust you no matter what. Mm. And crazy enough or oddly enough, in all of those emotions, I never felt fear. Wow. I never felt fear. Mm. I went back to journals. <laughs> I was yeah. looking for it. I went back <laughs> to journal entries and everything. I never felt fear. Mm. I was completely taken care of. But I like what you guys talked about on Sunday, the and. Mm. I was in so much pain and so much just uncertainty. And God had me so tightly. He had me so close. And I kept asking um, friends, people, pretty much anybody, mm. or, or I would say, I don't know how anyone gets through loss without faith and without God. Yeah, I can't even fathom it. And so there was a point when I started layering everyone's grief on top of mine. Mm. My boys had lost their father, and I grieved for that. His family lost their son, and I grieved for that. His friends lost a loyal companion, and I grieved for that. And it went as far as, you know, someone in Africa or Asia, they've lost someone, and I grieve for their loss. It was just layered. Yeah. It was just like layered just so deep. Mm. Um, but it gave me a perspective. I, I think it was a gift. It was a perspective um, and a connection mm. to other people who had grieved before and who had lost before. Um, mm. And so it, it's the and. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I I, that. that was such a it just hit home. Yeah. When you guys talked about that, um, at, you know, um, in the panel, it was both. It was mm. just intense grief, but complete trust that God had us. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. I hope that even in the smallest things that I face, that I could have even an ounce of the grace and the faith that you have had. It's, I don't know, it's really beautiful to me. Um, well, I don't want to sit in this day too long, but mm. I know we talked a little bit about the actual funeral itself, mm. mm -hmm. and you had a lot of thoughts and feelings about <laughs> the funeral. <laughs> I so did. Could you share a little bit of like what that felt like and what that process was, and how did that play into the grief that you were feeling? Mm -hmm. um, a, a scripture I wanted to point out that I cried very often mm. <laughs> was um, Psalm 121. I lift my eyes into the hills. Mm -hmm. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Yeah. And he was going to make a way. Mm. When all of the planning and the funeral, it was so transactional. Mm. It was, it was not, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for my boys. It was for everybody else and it needed to happen. Yeah. And so I needed to play a part in making that happen. And um, 
not a, not at all what you see on TV or in the movies. Not at all where you just get to wear you your black. Have instant closure you, that day. No, you get to wear your black and your hat and your umbrella and you weep at the at the gravesite. It was is nothing like mm. that. I had to plan and call. I had to go pick out a box, which is to place so bizarre. my husband's body, and I had to. Uh, I caught myself standing in Walmart, mm. picking out picture frames to display photos of his 40 years of life for everyone else. Yeah. Um, and will this candle fit in this candle holder? And it was ridiculous and weird and necessary, mm. um, but with so much help and so much love and so much patience we got through that Mm. time and then and it was relief it was relief that the services and all of the things were done the work part of it was done and and then I held the hands of two little boys and walked Mm. home and that's when it starts this is the start yeah Mm. that was it for us well, tell me about, I know you said like through all of this, there were so many questions and what do we do next? And I know there was a lot of, my goodness, like your finances, the house, <laughs> jobs, what are the boys going to do? T- tell us a little bit about how you saw God so faithfully provide in all the what ifs that you were facing in that moment. Oh, exactly. And there were Tons. <laughs> there were tons. Um, every, it was just looking back, I don't know why it surprised me mm. <laughs> that he was in every moment. Yeah. <clears throat> but he was in every moment. Any issue um, that had to be addressed, any paperwork that needed to be filled out. Uh, any bill that had to be paid, God went 10 steps ahead of me and he built this new pathway. It was, we were, I was still on the road with him and the journey with him, but he like put decking on top of it. And, <laughs> like he, he cushioned it mm. <laughs> all around um, so that if I fell or stumbled, it, it would be a softer landing. Mm. Um, but he definitely was 10 steps ahead of me. Um People would show up. We, I would not have gone to the grocery store. Um, and people would show up with food for days. Um, they fed us and they loved us and they prayed for us. Um, our church family was, I mean, they were out at the house. Jeff Clark braved the flies of a farm. <laughs> <laughs> he came out and prayed and met with us and mm-hmm. flies, you know, were buzzing around from the farm. Bless him. <laughs> but... Um, we were loved well, and mm. God placed so many people in our path to help us. But He just went ahead and worked out every crazy situation <laughs> that came up, mm. um, and He provided every ounce of um, encouragement that Eli and Luke needed um, through so many different avenues. Yeah. Um, it was amazing to watch. Mm. I was in shock, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was surprised. I still am. Mm. I mean, this has been nine years, and he's still working things out for our good. Mm-hmm. He is, and it is 
I am just in awe, in awe of him. Well, you said, you know, it's been nine years. Mm -hmm. Tell me some things, maybe practically, when I'm in the room with someone I love who's going through a grief process. And Mm -hmm. I know it's different for everyone. So Nikki is not here to speak for all. (laughs) But just in general, I think you could give us some ideas of what were some things that maybe people did or said that were not very helpful. (laughs) And, you know, obviously bringing food and stuff like that were things that were very helpful, but are there any other tips that you could give of maybe what to do when a friend is grieving? Um, right. From my personal, Mm -hmm. you know, experience, um, and being kind of, I'll preface it with, I'm quite independent try to take care of things myself, (laughs) Um, it would, if someone would ask, how can I help Mm -hmm. or what do you need, especially probably the first entire year, I'm not sure I knew what to say. Mm. I'm not sure I knew exactly what I I could feel comfortable asking Mm. of them, but when someone would just come up and hug me or just grab my hand and pray with me mm-hmm. or come and invite the boys to the water park yeah. or um, when people showed up mm-hmm. without a lot of preempting, mm-hmm. um, it felt so loving. <laughs> it felt so genuine and it, it, uh, it felt sincere and I do believe anyone who asked if they could help, I do believe that there was sincerity there. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I was in a place where I could um, formulate an answer mm-hmm. for them. And it felt <clears throat> easier yeah. and a little kinder to my soul <laughs> mm-hmm. when someone would just come and just help yeah. bring whatever they thought we needed or do whatever needed to be done. Um, so you're you're saying that even though my Southern culture tells me mm-hmm. to mind my business, <laughs> that in these moments when I have my heart is in the right place and yes. I have the well-meaning intentions to just show up and do something mm-hmm. for the person who is experiencing loss. Perfect. It's yeah. <laughs> a perfect way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be textbook. Um, It can be a letter. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be, you know, a link (laughs) to something inspirational or a song. Um, Yeah, just get in the mess. Yeah. (laughs) Is that okay way to say it? That's a great way to say it. Kind of get in the mess with them. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that was when I was the most free Mm. to weep and to grieve with someone by my side. And then a little bit of healing would happen. And I'd grow from that. And then God would say, okay, we've got another level. Mm -hmm. And he'd bring someone else and they'd do something else. We'd sit together, talk together, just dig into the word together. And I'd heal a little bit more. Yeah. And so get in the mess. I like that. (laughs) And you can apologize later. (laughs) If something doesn't go, you know. um, But just, just be there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was so helpful to know that I wasn't alone and not really anyone around me was perhaps had gone through the same brokenness or loss, mm-hmm. but 
they loved God and they wanted to serve and they wanted to love us and they loved us. And that's all it took. Yeah. Well, on the flip side, (laughs) do you remember anything that didn't feel helpful? Um, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was just harder for me to give an answer to yeah. how can I help, what do you need? Some days it was really hard to yeah. give an answer to that. I don't feel like anyone did uh, anything that was uncomfortable um, or offended yeah. in any way. Um, I know that everyone, uh, I, think, I think we all do the very best we can in the moment that we're in. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciated that. I I hope that gives people listening some freedom to know, Uh hey, if you're trying and you're willing to be in the mess, you can't really mess it up. Mm -mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love that. Well, a couple more questions and then we will wrap things up. But we talked a lot about timeline when it comes to grief. And, uh, you know, so it's been nine years. You're totally done grieving now, right? Nope. No. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) So what has grief looked like over the timeline? Does it, is it always there? Is it something that kind of comes and goes? What is it like now, nine years in to your grief? Um, for me, Mm -hmm. the intensity of that feeling of grief has faded yeah. The intensity of it. Um, and it's not a present battle. Mm-hmm. Um, God has truly built this new way forward mm-hmm. for us. And it's kind of seasonal, mm-hmm. um, if I can put it that way. Seasonal yeah. as... Our sons grow and mature and experience new phases of life. And I'm faced with, I'm, I'm on my own here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm on my own in this. And how great would it have been if Jeff would have been here to navigate yeah. maybe these phases or help in some way? Um, I think grief comes back in those seasons mm-hmm. and settles for a little while. Um, but God reminds, he reminds us that he's with us always to the end of the age and he's going to walk us through this season mm-hmm. and we're going to learn and we're going to grow um, and he's going to shape us because mm-hmm. there'll be another one down the road. Yeah. Um, as, the, as the guys get older, um, become young adults, men, mm-hmm. I feel like they will have seasons of their own where they realize uh, the majority of their years they didn't have that model. Mm. They didn't have that, uh, you know, that father there to show them different things um, throughout their life. But um, I would say the intensity has faded, but it comes back heavy in seasons of life. not done, <laughs> not done with, with it at all. But yeah. God doesn't tire. Um, when we're weary, He's not, mm. and He doesn't rush us. And there's no timeline on it yes. whatsoever. Um, we just have to trust and lean in and just listen to what He has for us. Um, 
but it's part of my story. Mm-hmm. And it's not a thread I want to pull out of this quilt. Mm. I don't want to, as painful as a loss, as painful of a loss that, that it was, um, I'm so grateful for 19 years with Jeff. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for everything God has taught me. He's revealed so much of his character to me, and I've fallen more and more in love with him every day. I, I get both. Mm-hmm. I get that precious time with Jeff, and I get this these beautiful lessons. So it's a thread. Grief and loss is a thread through my, my life, mm-hmm. but it's not one I would choose to pull out or get rid of um, because I wouldn't be. As I wouldn't be the faithful, beloved daughter mm-hmm. of our Almighty King that I am today. Yeah. So wow. it's there; it's always there, and um, I just I pray that I can honor God through all of through all of the grief mm-hmm. and the hope. <laughs> well, I'm here to and tell hope. you. <laughs> I think that you are living that out on a daily basis. And so, Nikki, I'm so grateful for the story that you have shared with us today. I am praying that this finds its target audience and brings so much peace and it's already glorifying to the Lord. Just the way that you have seen what others may have felt like was an ending Mm. and you have really chosen to see it as just a continuation of what what you need to do to bring glory to God here on this earth. And so I think you're awesome. (laughs) I'm honored to have sat in this room with you today. So on that note, um, thank you for being here. Uh, We are so excited for what's to come and stick around, you guys. There are more stories in the weeks ahead. Thank you so much for talking with me and being an open heart for me. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode. If you are encouraged by this conversation, you can tune in for more bonus episodes about stories of faith and healing. And coming up this year, we are launching a new podcast called Share Your Story, where we will share stories of how God has moved in a powerful way in the lives of people in our church. In the show notes, you'll find resources, recommended content, and a link to share your story with us. Remember, our stories have power, so share this story with a friend and be faithful to share your story of what God has done.